Today's episode of Wizards After Dark is brought to you by Robinhood. With Robinhood, you can invest in stocks, options, and ETFs right from your phone. You can even spend and earn interest on uninvested cash. And with fractional shares, you can buy stocks in any amount, including companies like Apple, Amazon, and Tesla for as little as $1. And that's with no commission fees or account minimums. So whether you're new to investing and ready to learn or just looking for a better experience, stop waiting and join the 10 million Robinhood users. Listeners can get started with a free stock by going to Robinhood.com. All investments involve risk. This is not an investment advice, a recommendation, or a solicitation of any security. Other fees may apply. Visit rbnhd.co slash fees. The free stock program is subject to certain limitations. Annual percentage yield on an uninvested cash is paid by program banks and is variable. Robinhood Financial is not a bank. As is now tradition, when the Wizards play the Celtics, we're doing a little crossover episode. I'm Fred Katz. I'm the host of Wizards After Dark. And I got our Celtics beat writer, Jay King, over there. We're running him on each of our podcasts to talk about what the hell is going on in Washington. And what the hell went on with the Celtics, which is <laughs> not as not nearly as good as what's going on in Washington. In Incredible respect for... The Wizards' uh, defensive strategy of accidentally leaving the Celtics' best shooters open and it actually working. Jalen Brown, I felt like, was just wide open the entire game. And he had probably his least efficient shooting night of the season, 7 for 22. He's been Mr. Efficiency forever. But I guess the, the way to stop him is to just leave him wide open and let him, let him fire away. Yeah, it was... So weird. I mean, the Wizards zone, especially in the first half, the Wizards were running so much zone, and it wasn't good. There's a play near the end of the first half where they come down, they zone up. The Celtics just make two extremely normal passes. Like, if you get inside the three-point line against them, they just kind of all go to one place. They swing it to the wing. They swing it to Brown in the corner. Against decent NBA defense, it shouldn't have been an open shot. And... uh and don't get me wrong, the Wizards are playing hard. They just go to the wrong spots. And that's kind of been the thing with the defense all year. And Boston just clanks it. But but can we start on a on a more positive thing? Because I feel like a, we got a more ish ish Smith note. Oh, a more ish Smith note. Ish Smith, man. Let's talk about this ish. You want to hear something crazy? Yes. So Ish Smith, 48 hours ago, or more like uh, 53 hours ago, Ish Smith's career high was 27. And in the last two games, he's gone for 32 and then 27. He was on fire again. 12 for 18. And it was, it was, he really did look like a just absolute legend. By the end, it was like he was hunting out mismatches and going one on one and dusting Ennis Cantor on the baseline and. Drilling pull-ups over whatever Celtics defender was on him. He was really, really good. And his jump shot form is just painful, but it was going in. Yeah. Yeah, he shoots it on the way down. He's and always killed the Celtics, though. You know what's funny about Ish? So I, someone else tonight said to me, ah, Ish always kills the Celtics. 
And a number of times this year, people from like the other side have said to me, like, ah, Ish Smith always kills fill in the blank team. And every team has like those guys who just like, ah, they always kill us, you know? And I feel like for every team, that guy is Ish Smith. And yet, <laughs> I wonder why, how that could be the case when I look at Ish Smith's career numbers and he just kind of like averages nine points a game. And it, Yet, against every individual team, he averages 25. It's amazing. It's an against, incredible juxtaposition. Against the Celtics, it feels like he averages a million points. It's, it's 9.1 for his career. <laughs> but lately, it's been a lot more than that. So, you, you know Brad what it is? Stevens, Brad Stevens is a big-ish Smith guy. He's well, you know always, what it is? always praised Ish in the past. It's that even though Ish is just kind of like – He's a very good backup point guard. And he's having the best year of his career right now. And he's he's gotten the crazy thing about Ish to me is that he is an undersized point guard who came into the league undrafted and is super reliant on speed. And he's having the best year of his career in his 30s, which is weird. You wouldn't really expect that from a guy with his profile, but his shooting has been better than it's ever been. And so getting back to the jump shot, I've asked him before because, like, he shoots it on the way down. It's weird. And I've asked him before, what, at what point did you just decide, screw it, I'm not going to try to fix this. I'm just going to try to make this iteration of a jump shot the best it can be. And, and he said that he really started taking a lot of those shots that first, that first year in Detroit. And you look at the numbers and it, it backs it up. He started to actually become a mid-range like a, a solid enough mid-range guy his first year in Detroit and got progressively better each year there. And this is obviously his first year in Washington. And he's like high 40s now on pull-up mid-range shots, which is ridiculously good. It's a weird Wizards thing. All of the Wizards players are shooting unbelievably well on pull-up mid-range shots, and they almost break the numbers on them. Troy Brown shooting unbelievably on long twos. Jordan McRae unbelievably on long twos. It's a weird thing. And like... This is just the culmination of Ish Smith being like, yeah, yeah, I I can hit pull-up mid-rangers on and over whomever, and I don't give a crap how I'm getting them. And it was highly entertaining. And it's loud. Like, that's why the nine points feel like something. It's because everything is loud, you know? It's a lot of crossovers, and he's wildly fast, and he's got his hezzy moves, and it's like it's all it's kind of always a highlight, you know? He is the fastest man alive. Like, watching him in person, he's one of those guys that when you do watch in person, it's just like, whoa, that guy is a blur. Even among all these super fast people, he's remarkably fast. And and he, he when he gets the shot going, it's tough to stop Ish Smith. The Wizards had, like, like nobody available. And uh, they've had, as you know well, one of the worst defenses, statistically speaking, in NBA history. They, this was their second best defensive rating of the season. Is that right? It, Makes sense. Yep. After the opening night game, I believe, against the Thunder. And then uh, the Celtics, it was their second worst offensive rating of the season after their opening night game against the Sixers. So weird, weird mirror thing there. But it was just, just a gross performance from the Celtics. I thought Marcus Smart forced a lot. He had a uh, stretch in the second quarter where he hit a bunch of threes. And other than that, like, kind of seemed to force the issue a bit. The Celtics, they they could get 
good enough shots easily that they didn't seem to want to try to get great ones. Um, and then when they did get great ones, <laughs> they missed them sometimes by a lot. The one that stood out to me was Celtics down four with like 50 seconds left. They have a beautiful offensive possession. Find Gordon Hayward wide open in the corner, like totally naked. And he airballs by like two feet. And then Jason Tatum fouled with three seconds left on the shot clock on the other side of the court. And that just kind of summed up the game. The Celtics just weren't crisp enough, weren't good enough, obviously without Kemba Walker, third third game in four nights for them. But you've got to be better than that against the Wizards, even even when Ish Smith is playing at an MVP level. <laughs> he got MVP chance. Yeah, that was awesome. That was cool. I'm like, obviously the fans are kind of doing it in jest, uh, but at the same point, like he has played <laughs> at a ridiculous level over the past couple of games, and it's it's cool when a, a journeyman guy gets that type of love. You see how Scott Brooks led his press conference after the game. I saw your tweet about it. Yeah, but please, it, please tell me more. If it was a two-game season, I would have to agree with the crowd. MVP. I love it. It's a good I quote. That is a great quote. And I, I see no lies. Like, Ish, Ish was fantastic. The the Wizards, they hadn't answered. The Celtics didn't lead once the whole game. The Wizards had an answer every single time the Celtics had a little run. It was just just a weird, weird game from a Celtics perspective. Um, guys that are normally super efficient for them, like Jalen Brown and Gordon Hayward, just weren't. They're... One of their best runs came with Tremont Waters, two-way player, getting buckets. And Grant Williams, a guy who's in the rotation, but not really one of their key guys making plays. It was just just a strange, strange night for them. They need Kemba back pretty badly. The difference in their offense when Kemba's there versus when he's not there is very, very obvious. Oh, yeah. I mean, you talk about... It it just kind of feels like even if you're getting good shots, even even if they're just like stand still, open, catch and shoot threes, you it, there's there's a different rhythm and a different cadence when they're coming from Kemba Walker than when they're coming without him. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can you can you can just feel the rhythm of the offense differently when you have all your guys. And when you don't have the guy who's the head of the snake, it just makes things differently. It just kind of makes everybody feel more off. Like you could tell they were they were just kind of off. And especially Kemba is like he just kind of cracks through a defense and everybody else kind of has to do it methodically. Like he's their ish Smith. <laughs> Kemba Walker is their ish Smith. <laughs> that is not a sentence I, I planned on saying tonight, <laughs> but but it's fantastic that I did. But like he's he he kind of brings a lot of things to life for them. He makes things easier for everybody else. When you don't have him, it's like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are creating, but they're not necessarily top passers yet. And Gordon Hayward is creating, but he's not like he doesn't command as much attention as Walker does. And so other guys aren't quite as open. And Marcus Smart is a point guard and he's pretty good at running pick and rolls, but there's just a level of of ease that Kemba brings to everybody else because you need to send two guys to him 
or and you need to be aware of him and hyper aware of him at all times because of how many threes he shoots and how well he shoots them and then the other side how quick he is and how easily he can beat a lot of guys off the bounce so they they struggled and I, I thought their their defense wasn't great they tried to pick it up a little bit and it it just never really happened for them and the wizards the wizards earned that win they deserved that win yeah, this is this is an unbelievable stat by the way this is from uh, Quentin Mayo from NBC Sports Washington tweeted this out. This blew my mind. The Wizards are 12 and 24 on the season now. Do you know what their record is on Mondays? 5 and 0. 10, 10 he said 10 and 0. I saw someone else say they were 4 and 0 entering tonight and the Celtics were 4 and 0 too. 10 and 0 on one night. 10 and 0 it blows my mind. They I have not fact checked 10 Monday games yet, right? We're gonna have to find this like out. How how many months? How many weeks has the NBA season been going on? The NBA season has been going on for. I'm gonna check. Started, I'm gonna check. I'm gonna check it, the. Wizards it probably right started now. like yeah. We're gonna look this up. We're gonna find this. This was. An, this might be an un. This might be a, 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 what was supposed to be a props to Quentin and might be an unintentional fact check on what's going on here. Yeah, I, I feel like. I feel like they couldn't possibly be that good on a Monday, just because they <laughs> haven't played that many games on a Monday. You might be... all, like that'd be one in twenty-four on all other day. It would be one in twenty-four. Yeah, Monday they were they were four and zero entering tonight, so they're wow, not wow, wow. Yeah, How about sorry, that? Quentin. I, I sorry, didn't, Quentin. I, didn't, I didn't mean to shut Quentin down, but. He listens to this podcast too, so I'm not going to warn him about this. I'm just going to let him hear it. He's just going to hear it come through, have a panic attack about his Monday stat. <laughs> I mean, that's going to be a tough hit when you when you find out on the anything is possible, potable, and Wizards After Dark <laughs> podcast that, that you were a liar tonight. <laughs> <laughs> even even Garfield. Doesn't hate Mondays as much as Quentin Mayo will. I'll tell you what, though. Ish Smith is a big believer in Mondays. <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a terrible joke. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of those. Do you think – did you at any point – like, do you think Jordan McRae passed the ball in the fourth quarter in the half court one time? Uh – <laughs> Probably not. It was I'm gonna, wild. I'm gonna go with with no. He was eight for twenty four, so he wasn't particularly efficient. But nineteen points. Nah, he he he's been very good for them until tonight. He's been very good. One of the reasons he's been good is because when he's been getting trapped, he's been doing a better job getting rid of the ball, and he wasn't straight on trap tonight. But it was like the Celtics were saying, all right, we're just going to throw everybody at you, and we think you're still going to shoot the ball. And he did. Uh, and that's a thing he's – and, like, he doesn't have that much experience, but he's he's got to get better at that. I was just – I was watching him and just, like, thinking, like, okay, this one is for sure going up. It was just one of those nights you could tell. This is for sure going up. I think the Celtics defense could tell, too. Yeah. He uh... – Eight for twenty-four is tough. <laughs> One of my favorite moments of the game 
was when Brad Stevens was arguing a call. You could hear him pretty loudly on the uh, NBC Sports Boston telecast. And Isaiah Thomas was right there in front of him. (laughs) I guess Isaiah was lobbying for him to get a tactical foul. (laughs) And Brad just started cracking up. Like Brad, Brad loved it. He went from furious at the referee to just just super super in a good mood because of Isaiah's joke. So that was that was one of the Celtics only quality moments of the game. The others, Tremont Waters. Tremont Waters did some things. Tremont, Tremont Waters, Waters is pretty quality. He's got he's like this is going to be a weird thing to say. He's very good at moving his hips. <laughs> like like He'll throw his hips in one direction to get the defender off balance and then go the other direction. Like, he, he has hip fakes, if that makes sense. Like a running back. Yeah, like, like sort of like a running back. I, I remember, like, obvious. this is – I'm not comparing him to Steve Nash, but Steve Nash used to do that too. Like, he would throw his hips one way and then go the other way, and he would freeze guys a lot with that, and Waters does that sometimes. You know what's so weird? I enjoy that out of him. You know what's so weird? That that tonight, on this night, we will each compare point guards we cover to Steve Nash. Because I haven't oh. written my I haven't written my story yet for tomorrow morning. But Ish Smith is like obsessed with those Nash dribbles. Like where okay. he goes goes under the hoop and pulls back out. Uh, and another Nash move, yeah. And he loves he love he never picks up his dribble ever. He loves Steve Nash. He says one of the guys he got that from is Steve Nash. And he said last night uh, he was just at home and was just calling up Steve Nash clips and watching Steve Nash. And uh, tonight, for one night, for one night, he seemed to do an okay impression. Although Steve Nash wasn't really shooting as much as as Ish. He was pulling back out and then then finding shooters. (laughs) Maybe that's all it took, though. You know, all he had to do was. Go watch some Steve Nash highlights. Maybe he should have done that years and years ago. Yeah, I'm going to start watching Barry Bonds highlights and see if I can start hitting at 450 feet. I have no chance, no matter whose highlights I watch. Um, Sorry, I'm entirely watched. You know, it was such a cool highlight. I I just I'm I'm I just really really enjoy watching Marcus Smart play basketball. Yeah, and Marcus Smart had a steal on Ish in the second quarter. Where he just manned him up. And it's so rare that you see a dude against any point guard, like just one on one, just man a guy up and saying, I am going to take the ball from you, swat it away, dive on the floor, and then get the ball. That doesn't really happen, you know? And he is just so relentless guarding. It's it's I love watching him defend. He's he's probably my favorite guard in the league to watch. He might be the best defensive guard in the league. I voted him first team all defense last year. Uh, but uh, <laughs> he's 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 so fun to watch defend. He's just a blast to watch. Yeah, he and my favorite we didn't get a lot of this tonight because the Wizards don't really have any big men. <laughs> but my my favorite is watching him guard big guys in the post. Because oh, yeah. big guys love to treat Marcus Smart like he's a mismatch. And Marcus Smart takes that personally. And the Celtics are usually pretty fine with having Marcus Smart just handle post-ups against whoever. 
Sometimes I'll even have him match up against like a Kevin Love or a Chris Stapps Porzingis. But yeah, that that dive was was very impressive. One of one of few good Celtics moments from from the night. By the hey. way, I, I was impressed with. Uh, I'm gonna. I have no idea how to say his name. Posechnik. Posechniks. I so you want to hear what an ass I am? I yes. I I have been calling him Posechniks. Uh and and not only calling him Posechniks, but bragging every time about how good my pronunciation is. <laughs> to him. <laughs> to everybody. Okay. And <laughs> including on this podcast. And and I'm pretty sure I've actually been saying it slightly incorrect. And it's Posechniks. That's that sounds like what you said the first time. Well, I said Pasechniks, but I'm putting uh, the emphasis on the other syllable, and I'm pretty sure it's Pasechniks. <laughs> yeah, I think it's Pasechniks. Okay. Okay. Either well, way. Uh, e- either way, he's there's something there. Like just something. I don't know what it'll be. I don't know what it is now, but I just feel like there's something there. He had a couple of good contests at the rim, probably fouled way too much. Um, but there's something there, or there might be something there. Yeah, he's he's at the very least like a, a good two-way. Yeah, like a guy with a chance. Mm-hmm. They've done a good job with that. I mean, Garrison Matthews... What a shame that he had such a you know bad looking injury tonight. I'm it, glad it was just an ankle sprain. Yeah, me too. He's been such a great story these last couple of weeks, and he's been really good. And he's got an elite skill. He's like a legitimately elite skill. And if you have a legitimately elite skill, especially when that elite skill is shooting, you've got a chance. They, they've done a good job with the guys in the margins. Like Garrison Matthews looks looks like he he really has a chance to be an NBA player. Uh, you know, getting. Mo Wagner for free. That Mo Wagner, you know, he's hurt now, but he's been good. They've they've done a a good job with that. And I've, that's that's what you want to do when you're rebuilding, right? Like, yeah, you, you have to hit on find, some of those guys. You want to find a Bertans. You want to find a Mo Wagner. Like these years aren't good for much, <laughs> but if you can find a few actual players while scraping together a roster, that matters. And it'll matter when they get good again, whenever that is. Yeah, Jordan McRae, too. I mean, Jordan McRae didn't score efficiently tonight, but he's scored extremely efficiently this season. I mean, he's been over 40 from three, and his true shooting was, like, well above league average coming into tonight, effective field goal percentage, well above league average. I mean, that's a guy who was on a two-way last year. Similar type of thing. Can uh, we call the Wizards frisky? Yeah. They're Hell yeah, we can team. call them frisky. I mean, that's now... In the last week, they, they, they have no one. They're missing Beal. They're missing Hachimura. They're missing Wagner. They're missing Thomas Bryant. They're missing Davis Bertans. They're missing John Wall. They're missing CJ Miles. It's, it's ridiculous. That's their entire starting lineup. That's their entire closing lineup, essentially, that they're missing. And arguably their best bench player. I mean... I'm going to say something that you may not agree with or that others may not agree with. I am almost as impressed now with Isaiah Thomas as I was when he was averaging like 28, 29 points a game in Boston. 
because like he was he put on a show that year. Every single night was must watch. Every fourth quarter he took over. He was incredible, like just ridiculous. But to me, like he's five foot nine. He can't even really move anymore. He has no burst. He can't get by anyone, just one on one. And he still scores. And he's just an incredible shooter. Like the the shots that he gets, considering his size and how well people have him scouted and how little he can move now and get actual separation, the shots he needs to take are just ridiculous. Like he, little one-legged floaters and stuff like that. His skill level is insane. Like it really is really, really special. The reason he's been in like an acceptable score this year is because the jump shooting numbers are by far the best of his career. He's been yeah. a, he's been an incredible jump shooter. And he's part, been part he's been far that. less than incredible at literally everything else. Yeah, I think, and I think part of that is you know now he's not being the primary creator, so there's not as much attention on him. He's playing off the ball, but like it, it's just it really is crazy how he still scores in the league, given his his lack of burst these days. It's nuts, and his height. Like he has no business scoring, but he does. He really does. <laughs> and well, he does it pretty efficiently. He takes those like one legged running threes and yeah, people are like, awesome. Why the hell does he take those? Because they look so impromptu and ridiculous. But you know, he takes fifty of those a day. He works with uh David Atkins, who's a wizard assistant coach. He takes fifty of those a day because he knows he's short. And I don't know if he knows that he's as slow as he is now. Uh because he's a very confident guy, but at least the way he plays says he has some idea about it because he has to use all these crafty shots. And like the reason that he does that is because he can just release it quicker because, because he's so short, some guy who's got length can, can just come over and swat him if he takes the time to spot up. And that's why he takes those shots. He just believes it's a quicker way to release it. That's why he takes those runners and those floaters and he does them all the way out to the three-point line. So yeah, he's, he's crafty, but he just... God, his defense tonight was – they play that, that Ish Smith, Isaiah Thomas backcourt, and the defense just goes to good Lord. <laughs> it's yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly – the Celtics' offensive performance was so bad. But when you look at how small the Wizards are on the wing, like they started Isaiah Thomas and Gary Payton – is it the second? Junior. It is the second. The second. Well, you know, Gary Payton, the second. Gary Payton, the second's brother is Gary Payton Jr. That's fantastic. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's truly incredible. Yeah. What, what would you call an, another son? Like, would it be Gary Payton Deuce? No, I. Here's, here's Gary what Gary Payton, the sequel? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's got to be some other option for, yeah. for another another Peyton sibling. But here's like they, here's, they here's what I want. I want I want Gary Peyton the second. I want Gary Peyton the second to have a kid, and I want Gary Peyton the second's kid to be named Gary Peyton the second junior. Yes, that's yes. where this is going. And Gary then Peyton his Peyton and his grandkid, junior. his grandkid can be Gary Peyton the second junior the second. Gary Payton, the second, the third. 
That's when you really get it going. <laughs> but yeah. Yes. So when the, when the Wizards announced their starting lineup, I was like, oh, Celtics shouldn't have many problems with this. They're normally really, really good at beating teams that don't have enough size on the wing because obviously they have Jalen Brown, they have Jason Tatum, they have Gordon Hayward, they had Marcus Smart to post up Isaiah Thomas. Like they should have just been able to punish the Wizards, and they did none of that. It just never happened. They, I think they only had 18 points in the paint in the first half, which is just unacceptable. And like, yeah, they didn't shoot well, but they also didn't get the type of shots that they could have generated. It was gross. It was just just an abysmal offensive performance. That's a bad loss for the Celtics. Obviously, it happens. They didn't have Kemba. They've had a lot of games lately, but that's a bad loss. I, I want to ask you from okay. Have you thought about all star starters yet? Yes. Yes, I have. I've I've thought way too much about the all star team because of how many guys the Celtics have in consideration. So, Is it yeah. crazy? So Brad, the the results for the fan vote came in. Bradley Beal is ninth. They're like a gazillion Celtics on there. Taco Fall is closer to starting than Bradley Beal is. Um, Jalen Brown is up there high. So where 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 the rest of the Celtics guys? I don't have it off the top of my head. Uh, I think there none of them are. Kemba's the only one who's going to be or has a chance to be a starter. He'll he'll probably be a starter in the backcourt. I think he's third behind, uh, like just behind Trey Young and Kyrie Irving in the initial vote, and then Tatum was fifth, maybe. In the front court, Jalen was right around there. Hayward was below Taco Fall for some reason. <laughs> but yeah, well, okay. So what's your? Uh... Is it is it is it crazy to have an all Celtics starting backcourt to vote for that? Vote vote Kemba and uh, and Jalen Brown. I not really. Um, so I'm already mad about the. The East starting backcourt because Kemba deserves to start. The rest is just wild to me. Like what? What were the? I don't have. Yeah, it right I got it called up right now. So Trey okay. Young is number one. That's ridiculous. Yeah, he's on the he's worst. Literally team. on the worst team in the league. It's ridiculous, uh, and is a horrible defensive player. Kyrie Irving has played six minutes all year. He's second. Yeah. Kemba is third. He's a, in my mind, a, he should for sure be a starter. Yeah. Uh, Derek Rose is fourth. He's had a wonderful year. He's not even a starter on his own team. Yep. Zach Levine is fifth. Just another abysmal choice. Ben Simmons is sixth. That's okay. Yep. Jalen Brown is seven. That's okay. Kyle Lowry is eight. That's okay. Bradley Beal is nine. That's okay. And Spencer Dimwitty is ten. That's also okay. But the top five is ridiculous. Four of the it, top five guys should not be anywhere near there. I feel like the NBA screwed up by making Jimmy Butler a frontcourt guy because really the backcourt starting backcourt should be Kemba and Jimmy Butler. I mean, the whole, the whole stuff with the way that they do the positions is ridiculous. Like yep. Jason Tatum's a frontcourt guy, but Jalen Brown is a guard and Hayward is a frontcourt guy. I, I don't I don't really get how Jason Tatum is closer in position to Giannis and Joel Embiid 
than Jalen Brown is. I get that Jalen Brown probably guards some guards a little bit more, but well, they, they no Jalen probably plays power forward more often than the other two guys. Yeah, it's just it's so silly. Like those guys just play wing. If if you're gonna do this, if you're gonna eliminate the center thing and just do front court, do guards, wings, yeah, po- point guards, wings, center, right? Yeah, do that. Yeah. And then you can just have the three Boston guys. You can have Hayward and Tatum and Brown. They can all be wings. And then you're fine. Yeah, this so that, that, was, that was the first mistake. And once you move Butler to the front court, then the back court is like Kemba and whatever, right? Like, I think Lowry deserves to be on the team. I think Dinwiddie deserves to be on the team. I think Bradley Beal deserves to be on the team. I go back and forth on Trey Young, um, whether he deserves to be on there, because he is putting up ridiculous stats, but also doing it in a a totally dire situation that I don't know whether he's really, like, lifting them or not. Um, Zach Levine, come on, come on, come on. (laughs) You know what's weird about Trey Young? Trey Young has the most votes of any guard. He's a second-year guy playing for the Hawks who have, like, no fan base. Isn't it, isn't it weird? And they have a terrible team. I isn't was, it I was weird that, that he has thing. that much of a following? Like, Bradley Beal is not a famous player. He's not a social media engaging player. He's very good. And part of it is because he plays for the Wizards, which is just a team without an intense fan base. It's not the Celtics or the Knicks or the Lakers or the Bulls or anything like that. Derrick Rose, I get why Derrick Rose is there. Derrick Rose, Derrick Rose fans are obsessed with Derrick Rose. He has a giant following. I get it. And I get that Trey Young is very like Instagram and Twitter friendly because he's a he's a highlight machine. But and he was a big name when he came out. He was a high pick and he was, you know, he led the NCAA in in, in points and assists, I think, right? And so he was a, he was a big name when he when he came out, but I, I'm just I was really surprised that he had the most of any guard it, given given the fact that he's on a, a bad team that even when it's a good team has a has a pretty absent fan base it, and and it's only his second year in the league. I just did not think that would be the case at all. But when you think about like who probably takes the time to vote for NBA all-star games, probably the younger generation, right? Oh yeah, and Trey Young is like the highlight guy. He's a guy who will pull up from like thirty six, and the instant gratification guy. Like it's easy to watch Trey Young highlights and be like, "Wow, that dude did some special stuff." Not as easy to watch him play a full game and realize, like, "Oh my God, he plays zero defense whatsoever." So, I don't know. I I don't know what I'm even trying to say here. Um, but yeah, I, I was surprised too. Jimmy Butler should be a guard. It should be Kemba, Kemba and Jimmy Butler. But someone, someone undeserving is going to end up starting in the Eastern Conference, and I think it's going to be Trey Young because it, it's only the media or the fan vote is only fifty percent now. Yeah, Tw- I don't 20, think it's going to be Trey Young. Twenty-five is a player vote, and twenty-five is a coach vote. Trey Young, like no, get, twenty-five is the media vote. Media vote and twenty five is the coaches. Coaches put in the reserves. Okay, so twenty five is media, twenty five is player, 
and 50 like, is Trey, fans. Trey will finish relatively high in the, in the other ones. And if he's won in fan vote, like he'll have a chance to actually start. Here's my take. I don't think he's going to make the All-Star game at all. Ooh. I don't think he's going to get voted in. I, I, I don't think the media is going to vote for a dude on the worst team in the league. And I don't think the players really vote for second-year guys. Just knowing how players tend to think, they like guys with resumes. Like I don't think, I don't think they're going to vote for a second-year guy. A lot of players think like you got to earn this. You got to earn it to get there. And that's my guess. I haven't actually talked to any players about Trey Young specifically regarding this year's All-Star game. But that's my guess. And the coaches like rewarding winning more than any of those groups. The coaches tend to be all about putting a guy who's on who's winning. And he's on the team with the worst record in the league. So that's my it's my guess. I, I don't yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't make the game at all. I mean, look, Devin Booker has been putting up ridiculous numbers for years in in Phoenix and not getting there. And they're not quite Trey Young numbers, but he's put up some insane numbers and does not get there. Yeah, the bottom and it's a tougher Western Conference. Obviously, the 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 you know the contenders for for a starting spot in the West are obviously a lot better. But in terms of the coaches' vote, the coaches just don't. They don't. They don't reward guys if you're on a team at the bottom of the league. They just. They just historically don't do that. The end of the Eastern Conference All Star team is going to be interesting. Because yeah. the contender, like, there's no clear, clear contender. I think the Celtics with Tatum and Brown have two possibilities. I think Hayward would also be up there if he'd stayed healthier. I think Bam Adebayo is probably like automatic at this point. Yeah, for sure. Miami gets two. Yeah, um, Raptors, Lowry should be on there. And he's, Siakam. He's leading the league in minutes played, by the way, per game, which is just wild. He, he's, he, he is not taking a post-title coast. Oh, not, not at all. It's amazing. He's had not a great year. Yeah, but then, but then you have Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris, who are both like up there. You got DeMontis Sabonis and Malcolm Brogdon from the Pacers. You got Trey Young and Zach Levine, the st- big stats guys. Spencer Dinwiddie. Beal. Beal, yep. We forgot Giannis. Drummond, is is he worthy? Nah, he, no way. Because he has huge, huge rebound numbers? Nah. I don't know. Nah, I, I know. know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. On that one, I know. No, he's not. <laughs> Yeah, but it'll be interesting to see what happens with those because it's tough to rank those guys. It really is. Yeah, it's really hard. I mean, Bam Bam should make it. Bam is awesome. He's great. But, like, if Giannis gets in, that's one. You get two from Boston. I'm starting to think the Celts might get three. Maybe. You get two from Miami, brings you to five. points a game. Two from Toronto brings you to seven. Two from Philly brings you to nine. Sabonis from Indiana brings you to ten. And then for the rest of it, you can choose from like Dimwitty or or Devontae Graham or Well then then Beal. You need Beal. Yeah, Beal Trey Young. I mean, that's kind of what you're closing out with there. And Brogdon. Yeah. 
Brogdon's been really excellent. He was hurt for a bit, but he's been he's been really good when he's played. Got off to a great start. Yeah, so it, it'll be interesting. It'll be really interesting. It's tough. Anything else? That's all I got. That's all I got. We, we somehow salvaged a, a pretty solid pod out of what was just just an ish game. <laughs> it was a fun game. Just an ish game. It was a fun game. It was, yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting. I enjoyed that game. The Wizards are just, John Hollinger had a, a tweet in the middle of the game, which I thought like really depicted the Wizards extremely well uh, because the Wizards just consistently make absolutely no sense this year. Just none whatsoever. And Hollander tweeted, um, dot, dot, dot. Does Jordan McRae have trade value? Expiring minimum. I did see that. And I just said the best way to describe this year's Wizards is that everyone seems to be confused even by their own opinions about the team. It's just this, this team makes no sense. The more guys get hurt, now they beat the Nuggets, they beat the Heat, and they beat the Celtics. They're just beating every team at the top of the East. Makes no sense. They're frisky. They are just a frisky bunch. They're frisky. They're not good, but they're frisky. <laughs> I, think that, I think that's where we need to end it. Yes. Any Anything to plug? I got no plugs. Listen to the Anything is Potable podcast on the Athletic Network or iTunes or Spotify. And also, please follow Fred's Wizards After Dark podcast. On all the same places. And, uh, yeah, check out Jay's Anything is Potable podcast, which is wonderful. Uh, you can also, if you're a subscriber to The Athletic, you can check out my and Ben Standig's story from Monday morning just about. We didn't really get into the cut stuff because I talked about it with Ben on my last podcast. But the the Wizards ended up cutting, waving Justin Robinson as well as Jonathan Williams over the weekend. And Ben and I wrote way too many words about the 15th man and our thoughts on it. And Ben wrote about it's roster position and whether he should eventually be off the team, considering uh, just the way the team is constructed and, and how he's played and aspects other than his, you know, the scoring that's directly impacted himself. So a lot of stuff in there and you can check that out. I'll have an ish Smith piece up sometime shortly after recording this thing. And this will be up Tuesday morning. Um, I'm when are you back next? back with a podcast yes recording again tuesday so it'll be wednesday and we're we're recording tuesday and thursday so it'll be wednesday and friday for the anything is potable podcast great and wizards after dark will be back after the wizards play who do they play after they play orlando on wednesday that's going to be a behind the paywall one if you want to subscribe to the athletic the athletic.com slash wizards after dark 40 percent off you You know know who has the longest winning streak in the eastern conference right now who? The Washington Wizards. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> They're the only team that's won more than one in a row. Yeah, just incredible. It's perfect because all the good teams are coming off losses to, to the, the Wizards. Wizards. <laughs> <laughs> it's an incredible world right now. Oh, that's amazing. All right, we're over. Thanks, Jay. Thank you, Fred. Bless your soul.